Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey, everybody. This is so exciting. I'm sitting across the chair from Jeannie Jarneau, founder of Beauty Heroes. Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Hi, Jody. I'm so excited to be here with you in New York City. I'm so glad you're here. And we're using new tech today, um, new mics that replace giant behemoth ones with teeny tiny ones. So I'm excited that you're my first with our new equipment. So professional. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're here. We have a lot to talk about. Can you first tell our listeners about Beauty Heroes? Yeah, uh, sure. Beauty Heroes is a beauty discovery service. I people Some people call it a subscription box. I call it a discovery service um, because I come from the service industry. I come from hospitality, and that's uh, where I came up with the idea to really deliver uh, beauty in a more focused and intentional way and really slow it down. So that's what our service does. We deliver uh, a discovery of one brand, one hero product every month uh, that we send to people all over the world. And we really try to go in depth with that brand and that product and teach people why I consider it a hero product, about the ingredients. We have a really strict ingredient standard that we adhere to. Um, And about the brand and the people who make it, we really focus on green beauty, sustainable beauty, and and healthy beauty. And we're also a uh, beauty store, so we don't need to be a member of Beauty Heroes. We're also a beauty store where you can shop for healthy beauty. Why did you feel like beauty needed to be slowed down? Yeah, um, well, I I had the idea when I was a spa director, and... You know, spas had, you know, that really was my career path. I mean, I was deep in the spa industry and kind of, you know, had been a spa director for a long time. And what happened was spas sort of instead of kind of being a place that you would go to slow down and to just kind of take care of yourself, they started to be a place where you would you would buy your beauty products. Mm-hmm. You would buy your 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 skincare, your makeup, and and whatnot. And over the years of being a spa director, I just really saw that women were overwhelmed uh, with product, and they would come into the spa actually. And this is what gave me the idea for Beauty Heroes. Part of what gave me the idea is they'd say, you know, I want to come in, I want to just get a massage, or I just want to get a facial, please don't sell me anything. And that kind of coupled with, you know, my own bathroom overwhelm um, and all the products in my bathroom and seeing my girlfriends um, going into their bathrooms and, you know, just hearing, you know, stories of women feeling like they were overwhelmed, they were confused, there was so much... You know, and uh, and that led me to want to create something that slowed it down. That's so interesting because I actually like suffer from this idea of I'm I'm essentially a marketer, right, selling stuff, but I get this pit in my stomach about all the stuff that's out there. You know, I think about globally how many shampoo brands are there. Like I I don't even know. Like I haven't sought out the real answer. I know right. that there's thousands among thousands and. Um, there is a, a bit of me that's uncomfortable, like really uncomfortable with the quantity of offerings. And I know it's like kind of beautiful that we have a lot of options, but like when does it end? Right. Um, so I'm in conflict with my career, right? Like my, my gut is saying it's too much. 
Absolutely. Um, while the business that I'm in is saying more and more and more, right? We have to launch more. We have to have a new. This is what drives our business forward. Yeah, I think a lot of people are in conflict of, uh, with it. You know, we have sort of a, you know, well, our, our mantra is use less, love more. So we're really trying to help people find products that they that really work for them, that are actually, you know, made of ingredients that are good for you and good for the planet. And, uh, you know, sort of slowing down this concept that you always need something new. And I think, you know, sort of the days of going and buying like eight or nine different products at once are over. You know, I think women are really valuing less but higher quality um, products and things that make them feel good and that also they know are going to be good for their, for their health, for their family, for their kids, and, uh, and for the planet. You know, it makes me think of a story of um, a good friend of mine when we were um, younger, went on a cruise together, and she is, like, typically very frugal, but she came out of the spa on the cruise ship, we were, like, in college, um, with 10 different products that were sold to her that she bought, right? This is, like, the, she's the wrong person to sell anything to. She'll never buy anything from you. She's so frugal. But in that moment, she felt compelled to participate in the process of commerce yeah, and we've all spa, been there. Right? We've all been there. And she never used it. It all went into the garbage, of course, eventually. Um, um, but, you know, I, our industry is so driven by new, like new, new, new. Um, and beauty is not the only industry, right? Like cereal needs to change the box and the character on the carton and all the stuff, right? Like a lot, there's a lot of newness everywhere. But, um, you know, somebody in like private equity would say, well, I'm not interested in a brand that's not developing new because they're not going to be driving the business forward and growing, right? So there is this sort of like, well, what do I do, right, as a, as a brand or a marketer? when my gut is saying this is uncomfortable, but the business is asking me to do more. Right. I think it's a balance. You know, I think I see brands, um, a lot of the brands that I work with where, that are not launching something new all the time, uh, but they, you know, but they do have something, you know, there, I think there's different ways to talk about beauty. I think there's different ways to, uh, you know, apply what you already have, um, in your in your line, I see a lot of that. I think, um, it, particularly in natural beauty, what's really fun is is they'll do limited edition products that kind of tie into season, tie into a farm, or tie into um, you know a message or a story or a self care ritual uh, that you know that that is new, but not really kind of like trying to get you to you bite onto something and just, you know, kind of subscribe to some new concept that isn't really, you know, which is just marketing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. A lot of our clients would say, um, I think in response to listening to you and I talk, well, editors aren't going to cover me if I don't have something new. And in many ways, they're really right. You know, right? Like, um, writers are just, you know, obsessed with new. It's what drives their, their readers and their clicks. Yeah. Um, so it's, I it's think a hard place. It is hard. I think it forces you to be creative. I think it also, you know, I actually think, um, you know, that experts really, are, you know, who are really doing something very well, they don't need to create something new. They really can be looked at as doing something that that is authentic mm -hmm. and that is real. And there are deeper stories there. Um, so I, you know, it is harder, but also, you know, I think 
I think it's 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 good for the industry. Well, let's go way, way, way back. Um, how did you start off in the spa industry? What led you there? Yeah, I actually, I grew up in Honolulu, Hawaii. and Oh my uh, goodness, that's so cool. Well, yeah. Let's start there. What was it like to grow up in Hawaii? It was, it was pretty much, I didn't even really realize it. It was pretty much the most epic way to grow up. Um, and... Uh, you know, I left Hawaii when I was 18 years old, and I came here to the East Coast. Why did you leave Hawaii? I went to college. Mm-hmm. I went. I wanted to go to a hospitality management school, so mm-hmm. I kind of grew up in sort of in in downtown Waikiki. You know, kind of hanging out at hotels and resorts, and like you know, going to the beaches there, and they were sort of my playground, like at the Hilton Hawaiian Village, for example, or you know, the Royal Hawaiian Hotel. We'd like go to the beach in front of the hotel all the time, and sort of it was just sort of a culture, like. On Mother's Day, you'd go to the Kahala Hilton and have brunch, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I kind of grew up with the hospitality industry all around me, and I wanted to go to hotel school, so I did. And I studied hospitality management, and I came to New York City, and I got a job at the Palace Hotel, and I wanted to uh, work in fine dining. I wanted to create memorable dining experiences for people. I really loved food and wine and sort of that whole experience that you create um, in in that realm. And I, I worked at the palace, and I learned. I felt really uh, instantly that it wasn't going to be a sustainable industry for me. And why is that? I, you know, sort of the culture was really about. It didn't. It wasn't really a healthy lifestyle, and I think, you know, reality set in. Like I did, I had done all these stages and internships, and it was really exciting, and I was really passionate about the industry. But like as a career, I just knew that, you know, kind of I was working till two o'clock in the morning every night, and sort of, you know, then so many things about it just weren't like a right fit for my body and my my whole being. And so the spa industry was just emerging. And I actually had um, a big life event. My mother passed away, and it forced me to really think about kind of my life and my future. And I made a pivot. Basically, I wrote like 40 spas all around the country. Wow. And begged them all. I had no spa experience, so I, I begged, begged them all to give me a job in a, a very great mentor um, now and friend. Uh, she hired me. She was a spa director at the Norwich and Spa and brought me in as her assistant spa director. And that's kind of how it started for me. And then I ended up having a long career in the spa industry. So you had this um, horrific life event with your mother passing. Um, you really like just kind of, I like said, this is the time. I'm, I'm really doing this. I'm leaving food and entering something that feels more meaningful to me. Yeah, I had... Um, I was really struggling with that at, right at that time that mm-hmm. she passed away. I was living in New York City when she died, and I ended up having to go back to Hawaii for two months. Um, and I returned back to New York City, and I was a different person. Yeah. I was a completely different person um, after that life event. Right. So it really forced forced me to sort of look at my own mortality and my own, like, what I want to do with this one life. Mm-hmm. And that led me to, to, to go seeking. And, you know, I didn't know if the spawn industry was going to be a really a fit for me. I just knew that I wanted to try it. And I don't know, I, I was, I was led to, to it that way. So, and you were so ambitious to reach out to so many different spas. 
how did you make that decision? Yeah, it's a really funny story. It's funny that you asked that because I love, I love that I did this. I don't know how I had the idea to do it, but I think I went to a Borders bookstore and I bought um, Fodder's Guide to Healthy Escapes. And, you know, this is back in the day, there was like, there wasn't really email. Uh, I think it existed because we had it when I was in college, but no one used it. Mm -hmm. And so I bought this Fodder's Guide to Healthy Escapes. And at that time, they listed sort of the spa. They listed like who the executive chef was and who the spa director was. Cause like it was also about like spa cuisine. Mm-hmm. It was like really about like eating healthy and all this. So I got their name and I got their address from, from this book. And I wrote literally like 40 in print cover letters with resumes, <laughs> like on nice resume paper back in the day when we used to do that. Now you just email your resume to people or whatever. And, um, you know, did it so nicely, sent them all out. I got, out of the 40, I got four responses, um, three, uh, you know, not interested, and then one person looking, wow. looking for, looking, and I ended up getting that job, yeah. Do you still have the book? I don't. I don't have that book. I wish I did, though. I thought I kept it. I think I kept it, and then I was like, you know, then I was, you know, like in this mode of I'm going to, like, live lighter and got rid of it. So, but I remember it really, really well. Yeah, I go through these moments of um, going through the house and, like, decluttering and being like, that's not meaningful to me. Um, and then, like, a year later being like, I wish I had this yeah, thing. I wish I had that book. I just get so, like, um, consumed with the idea of getting rid of stuff. And I have two kids, and there's so much stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, oh, always stuff yeah. to declutter. Um, and I get, like, really motivated. And sometimes I end up, like, throwing away checks and, like, things I really need because I'm, like, in this, like, crazy robotic, like, move forward, get through it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that book sounds like it was really pivotal for you. Yeah. I mean, it was a great tool. Like there was no other really, you, you couldn't really surf the internet right. and find things like that. So like that was the way you did that back then. Um, so. And what do you think the spa director um, who hired you, what did she see in you? Yeah, she she was really unique. She said, you know, you don't need spa experience. She's like, you just need to have some good management experience and, you know, be willing to learn. And work hard. So I think she saw that I was, uh, you know, I would say that's probably the one thing that anybody that I've worked for would say, has said to me in my, you know, in my feedback has been like, you work really hard. Um, so I think she saw that in me and, you know, she's, I think she also saw like a young woman who just, you know, I was very honest about like what had just happened in my life and why I was making this career change. I had had like a four month gap since I had worked. So, you know, at that age, I was 24, maybe 23, 24. Like it was like, you had to explain it. Mm -hmm. So I had to like say like what happened. And I remember being really nervous to tell them that my mom just died. And like, I had gone through this crisis and I was like having an existential crisis really Mm -hmm. with my career. Right. And what do you, what do you remember learning first when you entered the spa industry? Oh yeah. Gosh, I learned so much. They were really, they were going through a huge spa expansion and she was, her background was in fitness. So we did a lot with, um, we had a famous, really famous Pilates instructor come, um, and we were working, you know, I mean, I, I learned probably, I learned everything, right? It was like, I call it spa boot camp. It was two years of spa boot camp. Mm-hmm. Basically they, they paid me to go to boot camp. Right. 
Um, so I learned a lot about, you know, massage therapy um, and, you know, the physicality of this profession and being in the spa industry and how you really had to manage um, that skill set mm-hmm. really differently than you did a regular, you know, kind of employee who does normal things. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly a lot about ingredients and products um, and facials and, and skincare. I mean, we really did everything. Nails. I ended up doing, uh, learning and doing body treatments. And then one of the biggest, I think, gifts from that job was that they wanted to implement a meditation program at the spa that uh, the one of the managers was really passionate about meditation, and it was really new to me. And it was definitely at a time in my life where I needed, you know, I could definitely use that. And so they, the way they did it, they took volunteers from uh, from the staff who wanted to lead these meditation sessions because they were going to be free. Um, for and, and they were going to open it up so that guests of the hotel could come and staff of the hotel could mm, come. They smart. weren't going to like, you know, kind of close it off. And no staff came to them, so <laughs> which was except for me, except for me. Honestly, I would go to these. I would if somebody else was leading it, I would go and um, and then I would lead these meditation sessions. It was very simple meditation. It wasn't anything complicated. Um, and so that was part of, you know, one of the things that I that I took away from that from that job. And do you still use meditation? Oh yeah. Can you tell me how? Yeah, I mean, I think having a meditation practice. I don't have like a, a practice where I meditate every day. I I think that, you know, if I can get either a workout or. Uh, 20 minutes of meditation mm-hmm. in a day, then it's been a good day. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I don't get either in. Um, but, you know, I definitely do make time for meditation as often as I can. And it's really, I think, helped me be a better entrepreneur um, and be a better mother and, you know, really be able to exist. I think everything's just gotten so fast that having, I feel like having been introduced to it so young that I have an advantage because you sort of always know that that's there and it makes you not, you know, not get so over, you know, overwhelmed by things like just that I know that, okay, I can stop for, for even five minutes mm-hmm. because I've done it before many, many times just in my, like meditation used to be part of my job to lead right. meditation. Right. So it, it was kind of cool. It was like a cool excuse to participate in meditation. It's like, oh, this is part of my job. So I have to do this. And that, that actually is a cool way to be introduced to it. I think. So you think that your body has sort of like a muscle memory when you're like having a frantic or overwhelming moment, your body, your head or your heart automatically says, Oh, I can stop for five minutes and breathe. Yeah. That's so amazing. I'm not there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, you know, now I, I I don't know. It's the survival mechanism now, Mm -hmm. you know, because entrepreneurship is so scary that, (laughs) Um, that I think that sometimes, you know, like the body kicks into it, regardless of whether you're like Mm -hmm. mindful about like that I'm going to like arrive at this place. 
Um, I just had something happen where I got an email the other day and it like sent me, you know, it made my heart raise and I was like, it's going to be okay. You know, it was going to be okay. I kind of went to that place right away and I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, that's, um, so beautiful that practicing for so long can get your body to do that automatically. Mm -hmm. I'm, um, I sort of, um, try to not necessarily ignore the stress, but I think what happens is it piles up and then I get to the moment where I'm like, oh, and I have an app because I can't do this by mm-hmm. myself. Put the app on Jody in the train or in bed and just do this for five minutes. And um, I really feel a huge difference afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like for so many years um, when the kids were little, I was shoving like so much work into such a short amount of time every single day because like I wasn't. Maybe I didn't have a babysitter long enough, or they were like really babies in preschool, and maybe they're like two a two hour window where I could work. And I was like doing this for years, shoving like tons of things into like a short amount of time. And every day I'd wake up and my heart would be racing as I was making breakfast. Like I would stand at the kitchen counter and like I could feel it like just going boom, 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 super fast. And um, now I don't live that way, but my heart still does that. Like it's like it doesn't know what else to do in the morning during breakfast. It just (laughs) thinks it's supposed to race. So I need to like sometimes go into my bed after they go off to school and do those five minutes of breathing to just be like, that's an old feeling, Mm -hmm. right? That's not my now. That's Mm -hmm. my then Mm -hmm. and get myself back into like, you know, the now, um, because of my body from being an entrepreneur for so long and struggling for so long. It's like my body just thinks every day is that hard. Yeah. Totally. And the meditation I do feel and talking about it like really makes a difference. I think it's a really good point. Um, uh, you know, that muscle memory can remember all of these things yeah. and we need to remember that they're not all like, you know, real. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about your today. Um, what do you do today? What I do today? Well, I w- I'm staying at a friend's house. I'm actually couch surfing, so I, I crashed. You know, I arrived last night um, in from San Francisco, and saw a very you know one of my best friends lives here in New York City. So uh, woke up to to that, and then had a meeting with a, a, a really a writer, an editor, and writer, and then came here. And um, so you were traveling yesterday. Does that mean you missed Halloween? I did. I did. Is that hard? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last night was hard. Yes, leaving um, leaving my kid on Halloween was hard. Mm-hmm. But I made a deal with him. So um, we, you know, I kind of made it up before and made it up after, and and yeah. And now, do you think it's harder for you than it is for your child? I think it's harder. Well, you know, I don't know. So. Before starting Beauty Heroes, I worked a job. He was smaller, so he didn't really notice that that when I was gone. I was gone a lot more. Mm. So I worked a job where I was gone way more than I am now. Now, even though I travel, I am present uh, a lot in his life and, you know, put him to bed every single night and, you know, except for when I'm traveling. So... um, I don't know how hard it is for him. Sometimes I feel like it's just him kind of, he likes to make me feel, you know, bad for leaving. And I kind of, you know, remind him that mommy's around a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it does kind of, you know, tear at me a little bit. But, you know, I I guess I'm not one of those 
moms who really feels guilty. I think I feel guilty in the moment because I have my kids sort of looking at me and saying, you know, mommy, don't go. But I also feel like, you know, I really am there for him so much. And I feel so proud of that, that I don't feel truly, truly, you know, so, so bad. Right. And he's, you know, he's got a great dad and great family. So do you have, um, like non-negotiable days or events that you're not willing to miss? I haven't had to go there. So yeah, no, not really. It's not something that, that has come up for Mm -hmm. us. I'm not traveling that much that it's that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't travel a ton. I mean, I've traveled very infrequently, but, um, I do think about like birthdays. His birthday is definitely non-negotiable. I wouldn't. I wouldn't miss his birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't missed a birthday. Um, for me, yeah, I want to be there for birthdays. Halloween is like my obsession, so I can, like I'll be with my what kids anywhere. What were you yesterday? Well, yesterday I was really just like a unicorn, but um, like just on my head, and mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest was just in the sweater and jeans. But we um, put this big maze together in our front yard, where like you walk through the spooky maze to get to the candy. Mm-hmm. So this is like you know how some people go crazy for Christmas. Yeah. Like on their houses, like this is our Christmas. Yeah. Um, so um, I I can't like I can't miss Halloween. It is like my obsession. It's yeah. like I wait all year long for Halloween. Um, and I'll be I'm I'm okay. Like if we like traveled for Halloween as a family and did something Halloweenish somewhere else. But to me, Halloween is just like the day of all days. Um, it might be equal to birthdays for yeah. me. Um, but you know, I do think about that. Like um, I actually struggle with. Um, this idea of success getting in the way of these things, right, that are important to me, like being around, like coming down and seeing the kids after school or like being home at bedtime or, you know, having meals with them. Um, Will success, as other people define it, which is more business, Mm -hmm. which I actually, you know, I do want more money, so that is how I define it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that going to... creep in and get in the way of what I hold most dear, which is like the flexibility in my life, um, control over my time. And I struggle with this. Sure. Um, because I want to protect what I've created so much. And I'm so fearful in many ways of like the next stage. And I think I'm inventing the fear. Like what's going to, who's going to tell me that I need to do something I want to do? Right. Nobody. Right. But I have so much fear associated with it that it, it may be the universe is saying like, we can't move forward, Jody, until we resolve, you know, what you're feeling right now, which is like an intimidation that like fear and the um, seduction of success is going to take me out of the place that I'm, I want to be and make me go somewhere where I don't want to be, which is, you know, always away and always traveling and missing birthdays or Halloween. Right. Right. I don't know how to really reconcile it yet. Yeah, I think it's a step-by-step thing, right? I think that's, you know, my husband said that to me a long time ago. I used to have a, I mean, I still have some anxiety for sure. And um, he's, you know, he just, he's, he just said one thing, he, and he always said it, you know, whenever I'd have issues, he'd just say, Jeannie, just step-by-step. Mm-hmm. And you just have to remember, like, all you have to do is take the next step. You don't have to, you know, and, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that led me to start Beauty Heroes and probably the most important step I've ever taken was taking this step. And then there was like so many steps after that, Mm -hmm. that, um, that I, that I had to take. And I guess for me, my sort of approach now is like, I can trust myself to take the next step 
that's all I need to do. And that's, right. that's all you need to do is, you know, is, is take the next step. You don't have to take the, like the 15 steps ahead. Right. In my head, the fear is actually taking me out of today and out of the, this, mm-hmm. the current step. Right. And it's yeah. forcing me to be in a fantasy world in the distance when right. I don't need to be there. And what we know now is like 15 steps ahead. You can't see what's around the corner. Like, <laughs> like how are you going to be scared of it? Because you don't even know, you know, what it is. The world's moving so fast. You know, life and business is moving so quickly. Right. I think that's one of the um, reasons why, for me, being an entrepreneur is so hard is you, you just don't know what's around the corner. Like, it could be the boogeyman or it could be, like, a pot of gold. Like, you have no idea. And there's really almost no way to prepare for it except just to keep your side of the street clean. Yeah. Yeah. It creates so much anxiety to think forward, almost, in many ways. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I... I feel like I have really strong intuition. I will say, if I feel like the boogeyman's around the corner, yeah. he probably is. Oh, uh-huh. And I've been sort of retraining that, trying to work on retraining that, whereas, like, if the boogeyman's around the corner, let's use him, how, you know, how is that, how can I turn that into something good? You know, like, that's sort of been my next thing. Because the boogeyman... You know, if I if the if I feel like the boogeyman's around the corner, he usually is. So, can you? Is there like an example you can think of where you were able to take that boogeyman and turn him into a, a useful tool? I think it's easier to do it in hindsight um, to give you like an example. But you know, like when I when I was on maternity leave uh, from my job, I had a lot of anxiety about going back. And this I is thought, before Beauty Heroes? Yeah, this uh-huh. was before Beauty Heroes. I mean, this is like one of the, the you know, things where I felt like I had this really strong feeling like this, something about me going back mm-hmm. was not feeling, I don't know why I had so many, so much anxiety about it. And I, and I kept thinking, why are you inventing this? And sure enough, I went back to work and it just, there, there were a lot of things that were unsettling. And I felt like, yeah, you know, I was worried about it because I had a reason to be. And I ended up, you know, getting, you know, taking another job and it ended up, you know, being so much to my advantage. And I think we do, I think we do this, right? Like, I think we end up doing this. So it's like, you know, kind of the way that I think is accelerating the process and trying to minimize the anxiety or the the fear and say, okay, well, the boogeyman, you know, if I feel like he's there, like I've got good intuition, okay, he's going to be there. Like, how can, how can I, you know, how can I work with this? And now that I'm sort of older, I see like, well, I always end up using things to, you know, turning things to my advantage. So like, how am I going to do it this time? Right. So what I'm hearing is your, um, you're not allowing yourself to be the victim in the situation. You're turning the situation into an opportunity. Yeah. Oh, sometimes I'm in bed feeling like the victim, mm-hmm. but then, you know, I try to get out of that as fast as possible. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. Thank you so much for your wisdom today. This has been so <laughs> interesting. I hope you had fun. Yeah. Great to talk to you more and, and learn about, you know, kind of your experience too because I think it's I think we all learn so much from each other. Our listeners give us such great feedback that they like eat up what everyone has to say so much because it's real and honest and like you, there's really not a lot of places to hear this stuff right yeah only in like person to person the conversation but you never hear the real the real hard stuff you know at industry events right everyone's shiny and happy and revenues are great and sales are great and blah 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 
right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if anybody wants to know how real it is, they can come talk to me. I won't make it sound shiny. I'll tell them. I'll tell them the real deal. <laughs> I'm not good at hiding it. Well, thank you for being here with yeah. us. And for our listeners, you can learn more about Where Brains Meets Beauty um, on our Instagram at Base Beauty Creative Agency and check us out on iTunes. For our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.